Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 268 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. If you have not already, go back and watch or listen to the previous 267 episodes. It's a lot of poker content. It's there completely free for you because I want to help you improve your poker skills. So let's take a look at a pretty common spot that comes up frequently that a lot of people mess up. Let's see if it gets messed up today. So we are playing a 1-3 game and patches with pocket sevens, under the gun plus one, very, very deep stack. We are playing, I don't know, $600, $700 deep across the board. He raises to $17 preflop, six big blinds. I think in general, actually, how much is this? 5.67 big blinds. In general, when you're raising preflop, you want to keep a relatively small sizing because that is going to essentially give you more leverage after the flop. If you use gigantic pre-flop raise sizes, that takes away a lot of your post-flop advantage. Now, you may say in your particular games, maybe if you make it 17, everybody still calls you. That's fine if you plan on playing a relatively tight strategy. And, you know, that could be the best strategy. Very often in small stakes games, you should not be doing a lot of bluffing. You should be doing mostly value betting and just playing big pots when you have the nuts. But if that's the case, if you had a hand like sevens and your options were raised to, let's say, $25 preflop from out of position or limp, you should probably limp because you don't really want to make the pot huge in a spot where you're going to get very multi-way action because if you make a set, you can still get all your money in, even in a limp pot, if you just blast the flop turn and river against your calling station opponents. And um, you'd rather play a tiny pot than a big one, preflop, because usually you're going to end up with a bad underpair. So anyway, I would have raised smaller with the nines. I, I'm not really not a fan of open limping, but in small stakes games, the people are going to be very weak and passive. There certainly is some merit to it, but anyway, I would have made it like $9 preflop or maybe $12. I think as you make it 17, you're going to start making some hands fold that you actually want to get action from. So anyway, he makes it 17. Hijack calls with ace nine of hearts. Donkey does. Um, he's the player who folded the ace queen offsuit preflop. I... In the, in the previous episode of Weekly Poker Hand, I think Ace Nine suited's okay to call with in this spot, but I, I don't know. Calling's probably fine. It can't be so bad. Now on to the small blind. Ben has pocket nines, and I think he also has an easy call. A lot of people get themselves in trouble by three betting with the medium pairs from out of position, but pretty much always you're gonna be want you're going to want to be calling with stuff like eights, sevens, nines, sixes, maybe even tens. So. And that's because if you do re-raise, so let's say $80, and someone calls you, well, now you're going to be against big pairs, which you're crushed by, and overcards, which you don't know necessarily which ones you have to worry about. So you usually just want to be not necessarily set mining, but seeing a flop with the, the medium pairs. And now Lucky has Ace-King in the big blind, which I do think needs to get three bets. I think that um, in this scenario, Ace-King's in great shape. If your opponents are raising huge with 7s preflop and calling with Ace-9 suited preflop, you can certainly 3-bet here purely for value. Um, facing a $17 raise, a call, and a call, I'd probably make it something like $85 or $90 here from out of position. If I was in position, I would make it $75, something like that. And it looks like Lucky made it um, $80. So great sizing so far. I think that is fantastic. And now... Back to patches with a $700 effective stack. He has to put in 63 more with the pocket sevens, and I think he should. Whenever you are getting 10 to 1 implied odds, you want to call and see the flop with your pairs, trying to flop sets. 
you may be able to justify folding the absolute weakest pairs because the absolute weakest pairs are going to run into set over set situations sometimes. But I think sevens is still good enough to call. Because if you call a sevens, maybe people you have to act call with fours and twos, and then you set over set them sometimes. If um, Patches had something like fives, I would probably end up folding. So sevens are close, but he's putting in 63 to try to win a total pot of 1,400. You know, he's putting 700 more from his opponent. And um, it's 10 to 1 implied odds, right? It's a little bit better than 10 to 1. And he's in position, so if it does go heads up, sometimes he wins the pot just with a pair of sevens or by bluffing on various boards. So anyway, I definitely think that Patches does need to call. And this actually shows you another benefit of raising smaller. Because imagine he made it $10 preflop and then Lucky re-raised 40 or 50 or 60. Then he has to put in 50 to win 700, which is 14 to 1 implied odds, right? So by making it so big preflop, Patches has now found himself in a pretty rough scenario. I do think he still needs to call, though. But he folds. Donkey should probably fold here with the Ace-9 suited. Because Ace-9 suited is going to be very dominated by Lucky's re-raising range. So good fold by Donkey. And now back to Ben. And I think here, Ben is in a pretty similar scenario as Patches with the uh, pocket sevens earlier, except for now Ben's out of position, which is a little bit worse. But in general, when you have a quote-unquote drawing hand, right? When you have a drawing hand, um, when you're trying to make a set, you don't really care if you're out of position quite so much compared to if you had a suited ace or a suited connector, because those hands are usually going to be making decent draws on the flop, which forces you to be playing very aggressively with a marginal hand. Whereas if you have a pair and you flop a set, you just know if you have the nuts or not on the flop, unless the flop's very, very dry, in which case you have a marginal made hand, but that's okay. So um, from out of position, you can still call here with hands like pocket nines, but if this was something like nine, eight suited, it definitely needs to be folded, especially from out of position. Like in position, you can kind of justify calling with suited connectors or big suited aces or something like that here, but not from out of position. So anyway, Ben has a pretty easy call. Again, he should not re-raise. If he re-raises and he gets action, he is going to be in very bad shape. So I do like the call. Flop comes king, king, eight. If you remember last episode of Weekly Poker Hand, pot was ace, seven, seven, and I suggested the preflop raiser either check or bet small with their whole range. Here's a similar spot. Actually, a very, very similar spot, where now Lucky should either check, which I do not like, or bet small with his whole range. Given this board is so incredibly uncoordinated, I think Lucky should be betting something like $50 with his whole range into the $194 pot on King King 8 with trips. Um, and you should be betting here with everything. This is a scenario where the Game Theory Optimal play for Lucky is going to be to bet small with his whole range. And that's because he should just have way more nut hands here. Notice that Lucky could easily have Ace-King, Pocket Kings. Um, he could also have like King-Queen suited, maybe King-Jack suited if he's playing those aggressively. He may even have some bluffs with like King-10 offsuit preflop. And Ben does not have Ace-King. He probably does not have Pocket Kings, right? Of course he could have Pocket Eights, but perhaps both players could have Eights, although I don't think Lucky should have Eights too often. But this is a scenario where Lucky has lots of good Kings and Ben probably does not. And so he has the range advantage and the nut advantage on an uncoordinated board. And on these uncoordinated boards, you typically want to be betting small with your whole range. In my cash game masterclass over at pokercoaching.com premium, I go through when to bet and how much. And it's not just as easy as continuation bet small here, continuation bet big here, or, you know, check all the time on this board. You also have to figure out the sizings. And it's not just, poker is not a bet or a check game. It's a bet various sizings or check and that makes poker difficult and you need to know and have a solid framework for how to decide how much to bet so anyway in this scenario definitely like a small bet from lucky with this whole range let's see what he does 
Looks like he is cutting out a small bet. I love that. Pots 194. Like I said, I'd bet about $50 here. And he bet $50. He nailed it. Lucky has played this hand amazingly so far. Notice here if Lucky bet 200, like we saw in the previous episode, Ben would then probably just fold the nines immediately. Yeah, maybe a little snug. Maybe he can call one time. But he would have a much, much more difficult decision. Whereas when he faces a $50 bet, he pretty much has to call, right? Um, so I like the way Ben's played this so far, too. So far, both players have played this hand perfectly. So check call. Turn is an ace of clubs. So king, king, eight, ace, which is always a bummer for Lucky because when an ace comes, now you're going to have a harder time getting paid off by hands like um, nines. <laughs> also, stuff like random undercards not going to fold to any bet. So now Pot's $294, and Lucky has the nuts, right? So he wants to figure out, how do I get all the money in against Ben? So now you have to think, what is Ben's range? If he has an underpair, queens or worse, he's probably not going to call any reasonable bet here. So we're not really concerned with that. What we're concerned with is, how do we get called by, or how do we get all the money in against either an ace or a king? Because, you know, Ben could have ace blank of spades or diamonds and check call the flop. He may check call like ace queen or ace jack, for all I know. So against it, how much will an ace call on this board? I think an ace will call something like 150 into the $300 pot with top pair, probably okay kicker. Um, how much will a king call? Well, clearly any amount. So really, Lucky's just trying to get $667 or $666 in the pot. And you do that by betting something like 150 now and then 500 on the river. If you bet 150 now and your opponent calls, possibly go up to 600, and then you can jam the river for 500 and have a pretty good chance of getting called by all the kings and maybe even a hero call ace. If you do a smaller bet, what's going to happen is pot's going to go to like 500 and there's still going to be 550 or more left. And then you have to make an over bet on the river to get it all in. So sizing in this scenario is very important. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with how much is in the pot, but also how much is in the stacks. And you're going to find that you want to make bets that allow you to get all the money in the pot or make it look as if you are willing to get all the money in the pot in many, many scenarios. And also you want to make sure you're targeting specific parts of your opponent's range. And right here, if you bet 150 or 175, yeah, you're not going to get called all that often, but smaller bets aren't going to get called all that often either because, well, we see Ben has a hand like nines and he's probably going to fold to any bet here. So pots 294 and lucky bet 100, it appears. He did go 100 and notice Ben pretty easily folds, right? And that, that kind of illustrates my point here, where if you are trying to get called by purely an ace or better on king, king, eight, ace, you want to be using a bigger sizing because that just gets more money in the pot and that extracts more value. So I think, um, obviously, Ben could not have, I'm sorry, Lucky could not have gotten any more money into this pot in this particular scenario, but you're not looking at this particular scenario. You're looking at your whole range. And in this situation, the way you stack your opponent and get more money in the pot against your opponent's strong-ish hands that you still beat is by betting bigger. So that's me it for today. I want to thank you all for being here. Again, if you want access to all of the modules in my cash game class, including when to bet and how much, which would very clearly discuss both of these scenarios on the flop, which I think both players played great, and on the turn where I think Lucky perhaps misplayed a little bit, check out pokercoaching.com premium. Have fun. Good luck in your games. And I'll talk to you next week.